Welcome back to another episode of Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. I'm your host, Amanda Starling, here to talk to you about all things intersectional feminism, DIY, and of course the music. At the start of every year, it's nice to kick it off with a fresh cut, and that's exactly what North Carolina's Bangs has done. Their new EP, Out on Self-Aware Records, is as much a fresh cut of music as it is a stinging reminder of the experience as a non-man in music. Erica and Blair have seen and experienced it all as a duo since their first meeting at a local rock camp. Now as Bangs, they've combined their ferocity and attitudes toward inclusivity to take their art and their voices to the next level. Erica and Blair joined this week to talk about how they've shaped their narrative and experience in music, along with how they write and play together. Let's hear some more songs off Fresh Cut, then dig into the interview with Blair and Erica. Erica and Blair to Angry Girl Music of Indie Rock Persuasion. So excited to talk to you. Yeah, excited to be here in this space. <laughs> in someone's ears. Yes. I love it. I'm excited <laughs> to talk to you. Honestly, ever since um, Josh sent over Bang's music, I have been stoked on it. You awesome. have wrote an amazing record. Thank you. <laughs> we're excited about it and we're excited that the rest of the world can hear about it you know like and listen to it because yeah it's just it's great to have it finally out there because you know the process can get like so overwhelming at times and oh it's just God. like is it right is it perfect should we redo everything and, like, I feel, like so much like along the way I felt like a kid with like that piece of paper where you want to crunch up the whole paper and like throw it away and try over again and it's like no keep going like you can do this and I don't know I'm just I'm really proud of us for finishing it because you can really get in your head about this stuff and it's just out there now i so. gave up every day and like we're gonna give up but we're gonna try again <laughs> tomorrow but i, don't I love know. it yeah yeah it's harder to crumble up an audio file than it is a piece of paper huh it makes the same sound when you put it in the trash can you know like <laughs> like 
very satisfying. I can't tell you how many adjectives <laughs> I learned. Can apply. I don't know shit. I I not play drums, so it's just like I've been. I'd be like Erica, bring it forward. Mm. It sounds like it's inside of something. Like, like I don't. Know, I feel like adjectives really came into. Yeah. So I, I have no idea any. Yeah. Well, we mixed it ourselves. So like. Oh wow. Is, you know what I mean? Yeah, because it's like super important. Like those are choices, and we wanted to like completely be in control. And like Blair was basically driving and would like tell me like I needed to sound like it's not coming like from like underneath my pillow, you know? Like and and I would be like <laughs> like trying to like match that and stuff like that. Um, That's an awesome challenge to give like each other. It's it's just. I don't know. I would say, like, in my trajectory as, like, a musician, it was necessary because there were so many times where I went to go record and I felt completely intimidated and, I, like, I was in a room full of, like, older men who had, like, platinum records and I just didn't feel confident in my own voice or confident that I knew the choices that were being made before me and for me and I had to completely do it myself or, like, it was completely not my creative, you know, force anymore. And, like, I think that's why, like, even when it came to the Bangs record, it was important to just have it mixed by us and like done by us because it's like no one else is in control of this so, like no one else can tell me whether or not we put this out like it's completely on our terms you know so. i love it it's it's still your product at that point it's your baby you've really taken ownership of it and that's awesome very diy and i love it yeah <laughs> also i mean like i don't know erica's like i don't know i met her through girls rock like mm -hmm. two and a half years ago we both signed up for like a rock roulette um, meet somebody and join like a band like um, and we met each other there we haven't stopped playing music together since and it was yeah. like dope to just like learn how to do this with like my best friend it, it was that's so awesome so what was that project was it different from bangs uh, it, uh, <laughs> wait you want to tell her the first thing you said to me and you knew it was cool you remember the story where you were like I want to name my band. Oh, this, I, so. I, was, I was okay so we okay we met through um girls rock north carolina they um teach uh, girls and non-girls who um, like kind of come out of themselves and like play play music that maybe they wouldn't have been encouraged to do otherwise which mm -hmm. is dope I had just moved here and I uh, wanted to do like play music wanted to meet people so I go to this rock roulette thing it was the first year they were doing it they were taking adults that maybe had or maybe hadn't played instruments before I played drums so I wanted to do that mm -hmm. but uh, we met I met Erica they were like you're randomly selected into this band together and decided on a name and I, I looked Erica dead in the eyes I was like I want to name our band Toilet Girls and she was like hell yeah and so, and again, <laughs> we didn't end up going with that we ended up being Bambi's moms because we wanted to be like a little bit darker but um <laughs> damn that is dark <laughs> yeah but it was just funny because it was just like hell yeah like you want to name your band the Toilet Girls like I'm totally on the same page friends yeah and, just, and then Toilet yeah. Girls. just started hanging out and like music was like something we did to hang out you know what I mean? It was just like, well, what do you want to do? You want to play drums while I like, you know, yell and do whatever on guitar? And, I, and then it came down to like, oh, I have these songs that I've demoed out. Like, would you be into playing them? And she was like, hell yeah. And then, yep. A year later, maybe? A year and a half? Yeah. Two years? Almost, we're two years in summer. Yeah. And this, I know we started in summer. That's so awesome that you were able to just like connect so quickly through the camp and then just start working on music together that's so awesome yeah it was just like finding like someone else who wanted to do music without any of the bullshit of like having to prove my musicianship to them you know what i mean mm -hmm. like it was none of that it was just like oh you know this like and also like the way i talk about music is not like i don't necessarily use theory or anything it's like all feelings and stuff and like i would just like grunt or like be like play blah 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 blah, blah. and then but i would get it and like it wasn't about having to i don't know it was just very natural and it was play you know, which is how it should feel. And like, it was very natural and I'm like really happy about it. Yeah. That's a really special bond to just be able to pick up and get going. I love that so much. So you both have a background in music, playing drums, playing guitar over time. Can you tell me a little bit how you kind of each first found your way into listening to music and playing it for yourselves? So, like, I, I mean, I just grew up really close to my older brother. He's four years older than me, and he's a huge nerd. And, like, I don't know, four years older was, like, that perfect sweet spot of, like, you're in high school, you listen to, like, Daffodunk and, like, System of a Down and, like, all this, like, I don't know. Like, I got into some weird, strange music as a result, but basically he played guitar, and I really wanted to play drums, and 
I learned drums with him as he played guitar. And then I ended up, he ended up, you know, living his own life, moving out. And I became like a drumline competitive band nerd. Whoa, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm really happy for it. I was I, like, I had a really well-funded music program, basically. And this is the product of it. I love music. It's, I ended up, I came here to go to grad school and I ended up not giving a shit about it because I found a community here that did music and if I'm here to do it with, and like, I'm so much happier doing that. I finally did graduate, but I really still don't care. I'm trying to do this. Um, <laughs> what were you yeah, studying? I studied bioethics and science policy. It was just a, I focused on assisted suicide in North Carolina. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Weird stuff, but yeah, uh, nothing to do with music, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, basically a weird background that just taught me to like enough fundamentals to keep it with me and like, no, I loved it and find people to do that with. That's awesome. Yeah. And same question, right? And it was like, the question was like, how did music start for me kind of thing? Okay. Yeah. So my answer is when I was little, my sister was like six years older than me and she had all those dolls from the eighties, gem and the holograms. <laughs> no, dead serious. I really oh, do. Hell yeah. Okay. Yes. You know what I'm talking about. Even yeah. better. Gem and the holograms, cassette tapes came with all those Barbies, front side with lyrics, backside karaoke version. That's how I started singing. I was That's amazing. Oh yeah, and I had like I literally had that like eighties like is it play school play doh? Like the, the Fisher Price. Yeah. <laughs> Fisher <laughs> with the microphone and was like that was like my life. It was like my favorite game. And I like I don't know, I love Gemma Hogg. I was like, you know, it was like someone who was like an entrepreneur but like also like gave back to charity and like was like a feminist, but then like also was in a band, like had their own band. It was awesome. And the songs were great. And I just really like fell in love with like, I just think just the act of singing. And I was like, oh, was the kid like belting that out like in my neighborhood. <laughs> so embarrassing. But like in retrospect, like super loud, right? Um, but yeah, and then I uh, pretty much, I was lucky enough to go, I went to an all girl school in Japan. That was an international school, but we had an after school program that was like band and it wasn't like band band, it was rock band. Oh, amazing. Yeah, you could audition to be in it as like a vocalist or uh, an instrument player or whatever. And like, you would learn how to record and stuff at the school. So oh. like, I have like a tape of me in a band when I was in sixth grade, looking real nerdy. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, I learned how to do all that in school and that was like really awesome. And that kind of like really kind of, you know, made me feel like I've always wanted to be in this world. That's an awesome support system to have, like from the get go as a kid. Oh. It was good, but then, like, as I became an adult, I realized that no one wanted me in that role, you know what I mean? And then I had to fight right. all that imposter syndrome where it's like, oh, like, I love doing this, but, like, all the bands that asked me, like, you know, all the dudes that asked me to be in a band with them just want to fuck me, you know what I mean? And, like, I can't really get a real band going or, like, oh, like, you know, okay, to be... Yeah, for real. That though. was, like, a thing. No, like, that was me in college. It makes was makes like, feel so idealistic. Like, yeah. I don't know, like, school band made me feel like... I mean, it was, I mean, I definitely was still a minority, but it was, like, a little bit more, like... I don't know, like, I was still in this, like, dream world of, like, I don't, I'm, like, you're not allowed to look at me as sexy teacher, I can, I have to do this based on merit, and you have to teach me or something, but then, like, when I graduated, it was, like, uh, you're either, like, the token female, or you're sexy, or maybe come to my show, and, like, I'll talk to you. It's because, like, suddenly gender, like, descends on you, and it's, like, it doesn't matter, like, how smart you were, it's, like, oh, well, you were a female in this society, so, like, Fine. you know, like, for me, like, I was, I really believe that the only way you could be in music was to be, like, hot like a model and be Britney Spears, like, you know what I mean? Like, that was, yeah. that is, and there's, that's a one note, you know what I mean? But it was, like, kind of taught where, like, and I hated that, too, because, like, as a vocalist, too, like, all, like, you know, sounding pretty was like so important but like that's not fair that's like one color and like Iggy Pop and all those singers get to sound nasty and gross and we don't get to do that like fuck you you know I'm not trying to be like what you want me to be you know what I mean that like completely doesn't make sense as far as like creativity like you want someone to be completely creative let them make all the weird sounds you know what I mean in this register in this body like anyway well at that point it's like you're you're stuck between being fetishized and being tokenized and that's bullshit in itself sucks yeah, and it's not our narrative. It's like this narrative, it's like what they think of us. It's not like what, uh, you know what I mean? I want to see more of what we think of us, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, yeah. I love that you have shaped such a really powerful voice in your music and obviously with each other, because that's the most important thing that you can have as a band. That's I deeply admire that. 
how did you kind of come to the consensus that you wanted to have this really strong voice in the style of music that you play, as well as the um, almost the subject matter that you approach? Well, subject matter, it kind of just kind of threw up. Like, it just came out of me, you know? Like, yeah. I see sometimes on stage, it's like from my painful feminist awakening. And I think it's like, there was like, you know, I was raised like by a single mom and like I went to an all-female school that was like, was very like much about feminism stuff, but I didn't get any of the riot girl stuff that I needed. Like, you don't get to touch me. You don't get to tell me what to do. Like, I didn't get any of that piece until I was way older. And that was the piece I needed is kind of how I feel. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, so, like, as far as, like, the lyrics, it came out of a place of, like, me realizing what's been happening to me my entire life and, like, finally getting a language to express it. And then, basically, all those songs just kind of vomited out because it's, like, all the stuff that I would be yelling, I would find myself, like, in the same conversations over and over again with every single friend, you know, about the stuff that's on the record. Yeah. Instead of yelling at the people around me, I needed to put it down because it just was, like, it kept wanting to come out. It was like, so yeah, I don't know. It's very personal, but at the same time, I know it's not just about me and what I went through. You know what sure. I mean? Yeah, cause it out. yeah. At that point, it's like you used your music as a vehicle to keep sharing that narrative at that point. Yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. You, that's really impressive and important that you're able to communicate that experience through music. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So the style, I don't know. It just kind of evolves from both of us and like what we like, you know what I mean? Which is like that trashy, <laughs> trashy punk, you know what I mean? I mean, I, I mean, our style, yeah, sure. Like, ugh, sorry, I'm like <laughs> word on you, but it's just like, <laughs> Erica to me, like, I, I, I don't know. I'm about to like vomit at you about how vomit. much I respect Erica and like, oh my God. Like, about. I, like, I don't know, I, I'm, I, as a drummer, I really listen to, like, the front end a lot, like, that, that's a really important part to me, because that, that, that's how I know what I'm supposed to do, what I'm supposed to build up, like, what, what feeling there is, like, anything, mm-hmm. like, drums are feeling, rhythm is feeling, like, if there's anything I should be listening to, it's, it's in front, because that's how I know how to support, and, like, I don't, I don't, maybe it's because we're friends, or, like, we, and we vibe well, but, like, I've, like, Erica makes sense to me, she has so much energy up front, she is, like, so much to do and say i admire what the fuck she's doing i wish i could do it and like i, I as far as like my style comes from like i guess it's like half of like you know what the fuck i've done in the back in the like meantime before i met her like my own style but it's also like us reacting off of each other like yeah. me reacting off of her we look at each other so much it's great to be in a two piece for that reason i love mm-hmm. that like solid like intimate connection you can have and I think that's what a lot of our style comes from. And um, like, other than like you know a couple of words and big old dicks, Erica's written all of the lyrics. <laughs> like to to all of these songs, this is all of her. Like this is like these are her thoughts and her words coming out. And like that, that, at least it started that way. And now it's just like no, like the way I play, the way I react to this music is like these these songs really resonate with me. I fucking love what she's written. I stand behind every single word. And like. I feel like I'm back there supporting it. I sing along in my head, if not out loud sometimes, like, even though I'm shy about it in the shop. Erica's breaking me out in the show about, like, singing and using words and stuff, so, like, catch, catch me when I'm wrong. But, uh... <laughs> yeah. like, but for sure, like, it's just, like, it, I don't know, it's, like, a reaction, and, like, that's that's what I love about being a two-piece is, like, we get to react. It's, like, very real all the time, and I feel like every show is, like, a practice. Like, we're just, like, hanging out we're playing music and we're just, I don't know that and like that's that's where just a lot of I think our style comes from is that like just actually feeling it a lot of the time we recorded our album live like we um the the we did put the vocals on afterward but uh she did we did sing also while we recorded it because we wanted to keep that live feel going because that's like really what benefits us as a band is that we're playing together all the time like that's where our tempo comes from. Maybe it's not solid all the time, but we're together and we felt it the entire time together. It's not quite stream of consci- consciousness, but it's like definitely that kind of vibe. That's, it's live. It's chemistry. Yeah. I can keep rambling. <laughs> no, I feel you. That chemistry and that connection is so important, I feel like, when you're writing and playing music. And it's really special that you're able to just take that and transform it into like really just powerful art. I don't think there's another word for what you both are working on. It's amazing. 
Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. It feels good. It feels good. So I know you played together during Girls Rock Camp, of course, then, but what was the first show like for Bangs? Uh, the first show for Bangs was at Ruby Deluxe, which is a great club in Raleigh, and we played with a band called Sidewalk Furniture, which is also awesome, and we still play shows with them. And who else was it? Was it one more band? I can't remember who else it was. But, I mean, it was fun. I made, oh, maybe it was Fish Dad. Fish Dad, another great local girls band. Girls rock band. From, like, like our rock. area. But, like, I remember, like, because here's the thing, and I really do believe this, like, playing out live is so important because there's such a learning curve to, like, playing out live and, you like, things happen that you just never would have, like, been able to practice away in your garage. And, like, yeah. was, I made this one mistake that I will never do again and, like, I feel, like, real smart for figuring it out was, like, I made, like, like a ring of fire with my pedals where it was like I made them like go all the way around my body so I was like trapped in them and oh my I, gosh I know I don't yeah it was stupid the way I set it up was like it was like a circle around my body and I was like never again am I doing this <laughs> I'm like am I gonna trip over a cord but it's like you know the stuff that you just don't know until you play out you know yeah and that just, makes complete sense yeah because yeah I've been in bands before but I've always been like primarily a vocalist like and I will say this, when we did that girls rock thing, I wrote on my like feedback thing, like, I didn't really know I could play guitar. And it's because like in my head, I was like, well, you have to be a virtuoso to play rock and roll, which is totally a lie that they keep telling us, you know what I mean? And so Absolutely. many people use it. And it's just like, yeah, like that was like such a thing for me to get over. And it's like, no, all your favorite bands, like they can play two chords too. And that's fucking great. I'm a lot of curse on this, right? Absolutely. <laughs> cool, that's fucking great. But it's true. <laughs> I don't know where we, we where we got in our head that like oh well I have to go become a virtuoso and learn like all this music theory to be able to write songs complete and utter trash like you need to have some real feelings and some <coughs> strings or something to bang on and that's like all you need and like no one can tell you no one can, and I tell you ugh, no one can tell you that your songs are wrong because they're your songs you know what I mean and absolutely. It, it, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I, I get really impassioned about this because there was someone that came up to come, came up to me after a show at the Pinhook and it was this person that came up to me and was like, why do you feel like you can do that? Like, why do you feel like you're able to do that? Like, when did you feel like you were, you know, good enough to do this? And I was like, I know where you are. I know where the fuck you are. Like, no, like you don't need anyone's permission. You don't need anyone to tell you you're good. Like you have a song, you put it up there. If you're able to finish it, you're good enough, like, hit me up, let me book you for a show and stuff like that. I need to find this person. I'm dead serious. Because it's like, that's how I feel. There's so many people like that out there who felt like they're not entitled to be a, a, like a musician. And that's just not fair. Because there's all these other people who are like half-assing it and doing fine. And it's just weird to like have this bar that's like so impossible for us. And it was just, that's what we were taught. We were never allowed to be on that side. And I'm yeah. saying, fuck the bar. We're on that side. Yeah. Damn, mad respect for that, honestly. Because like, that is a barrier that I feel like so many people, especially, like, non-men do to themselves is literally block, they're their own worst enemy in many cases because, like, you know, we're socially told that we're not good enough, whether it's because of our gender or not having quote-unquote skills that, for some reason, we assume that men have over us, which is insane. So, fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. Like, all of our famous, like, favorite, like, rock star men, like, they don't actually know, they're not, like, actually the best guitarists. Like, sit the fuck down, you know? They're actually really easy songs. I don't know. I always think about how, like, earlier we had a conversation, like, earlier on when we started performing where, like, you felt like there was a lot of pressure to be perfect because yeah. that you would be scrutinized for. And I was like, oh, my God, I feel the same way. I feel like every time we play, like, we can't fuck up or we'll be, like, the basic, you know, whatever, femme band that fucks up. And, like, we talked about this once after a gig, like, which went well, but we were, like, always like so scared you know to like let down everybody i'm already like really particular about my gear but like I, I i still feel this way like i feel like i have to show up with cases on all my drums nice drums i, I like i mean whatever i bought whatever over the years so maybe i have all these things them or like blah 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 but like i really feel like i have to show up with them like i feel like i have to have nice stands to show up with uh everything because like otherwise i'm going to be immediately judged just like oh she's learning or like uh like look at this girl like moonlighting as like a drummer like she wants to do it or otherwise i get looked at as like yeah i don't know somebody that does it on the side is like no i take this seriously i've been doing this for over a decade this is my main and only instrument and i practice every fucking day and you won't believe me unless i have like 
uh, cymbals that cost $150 a piece and, uh, you know, yeah. new drum heads every fucking three months, blah, blah, blah. Mm. I've, I've walked off stage more than a dozen times and had somebody say verbatim, you're actually a really good drummer. Like, actually a really good drummer. There has to be that asterisk in there at some point, which is bullshit. It's like I wasn't supposed to be or something. Like, yeah. wow, like you, you thought you'd give me a little bit, but you wouldn't have given me that much. But actually, wow. It's like, damn, dude, fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> actually, you're a piece of shit, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just us internalizing the fact that, like, we've never seen people like us in this world. You know what I mean? And internalizing, I don't know. I also like, pretty as a trap, second verse. My lyrics are, why don't you acknowledge me in a group setting? You shook hands with all my male colleagues. That happens to me every single time. That's my pet peeve. I hate that. I legit tweeted something like that today. Shit you not. I was literally like, if you cannot acknowledge me, but you acknowledge my partner, I automatically do not trust you because you do not see me as an equal immediately. Oh my God. Yes. It happens to me, yeah, all the fucking time. Every single job I've had, every single venue I walk into. And it's yep. Just, no. No. And it's just, it's so stupid. Yeah. I used to, when I was younger, I was like, maybe it's just like, you know, like a younger dumb boy thing. And then now that I'm older and I see like, and I'm like, no, this is like everyone just like trying to ignore the women here. Like we don't exist. Like really? Yeah. No. No. It's obnoxious. It's awkward. I'm like, oh, hey. Hey, it's, oh, okay, I'm America. <laughs> Did you not see me there? <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> serious? You serious? Uh, so. Oh my gosh, I'm doing that next time. Yeah. It's stupid, but. It's not even only, like, people in the crowd, it's, like, sound people, you know? Yeah. Erica was, like, oh, yeah. one of the first people to, like, remind me, like, yo, fucking, if you think you need more on your monitor, like, I can't tell you how often, like, we're sound checking, blah, blah, blah. And you know what? It's passable. So, like, in, in my mind, I'm like, ah, uh, you know, I could use, like, a little bit more of, like, X, Y, vocal on my monitor, maybe a little more bass drum. But, you know, it's, like, fine. I, I, I won't complain. But, like, like Erica and, like, some other people I've been music with had to remind me, like, yo, fucking ask for what the fuck you want. So now, like, every time I'm, like, no. Like, I have to remind myself, like, no, like, if you want it, like, don't try to, like, you know, cushion yourself and be out of the way and, like, not be an inconvenience. Like, you know, they're supposed to do this for you. Ask for it. And it's just, it's down to that all the time. Like, I have to remind myself, like, that I don't have to be scared of the sound person and I'm allowed to ask for these things. And yeah. it's very strange, like, to, mm-hmm. even after, you know, playing music for so long, like, I still have to Yeah. It's that awkward moment where you, like, probably just feel like you don't want to be a burden because they're going to make you feel that way regardless. But like, it's literally their job to take care of you. And make Which is, them. yeah, true. It's, and it's wild. Taking that space, you know? I remember, I always think of Reese McHenry demanding a straight stand. <laughs> she's like, all right, you know, fucking straight stand and I'm not going to start singing. Like, <laughs> like, she's a local musician that's like absolute fire. Phenomenal. Like oh the best singer. God. But yeah, I'm always like, Reese, if Reese can, like, demand a straight stand, like, yeah, I can demand more vocals in my monitor. Right? Damn sure. <laughs> it's always nice when you have people who are setting, like, that kind of example and making you excited to actually just, like, you know, demand what you deserve. Yeah, that's everything. We set up sideways every show, like, um, uh, drum, drums, like, so that, like, my left hand is facing front and we're, like, pretty much at the same, uh, we just like side by side. We're just side by side facing each other, basically. Yeah. So my drum sets to the side America. And I I don't even remember to think that that's an inconvenience to anybody other than maybe somebody else, like another in, um, musician who's sharing my drum set. Otherwise, like we don't fucking ask for that shit. Like, we're just like, this is what we're doing. Hello. Yes. I love it. Great to be in that place. Like, it's, I, I feel great about it. That's so important. Well, I love that you're freaking taking a stand with not only your music, but your literal setup and presence. That's so important. Yeah. Yeah. And this is something like, you know, I learned when I was like, I I volunteered for Girls Rock back in the day. And back then there was a director that taught me this thing. And I think that I applied to everything in life and especially to this project was like, 
you know, for the campers, if you act silly and act big and you take up space, it allows them to act big and silly and take up that space. And it's like leading by example, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I've always felt like with like music and stuff, like with vocals and stuff, like when you ham it up and like live like you're living and like singing in your shower, that allows other people to feel comfortable and like live it up and stuff like that. So it's like everything is about just being entitled and like taking up the space so that other people can feel entitled and like, you know, mirror that. You know what I mean? We didn't grow up with enough, enough of those examples, you know? But, like, we can change that, you know what I mean? By just Absolutely. Kind of like, yeah, it's just like stand with your elbows out, you know what I mean? I love that. You're encouraging others to do the same, especially the people who do need to have their elbows out and, like, have the platform shared and feel less like they're taking up space and more like they're claiming it the way that they've deserved this entire time. Exactly. Yeah. I love it. And I love that you're doing that through your music. And that was what I really liked about Fresh Cut was that a lot of that was just really deconstructing the expectations of women and kind of just turning it on its head and just demanding a lot. Um, was this kind of like an intentional theme with this release? Definitely. I mean, like I said, the songs all came out at once. Mm -hmm. And like, it's called Fresh Cut because it's like the wounds are still fresh. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, and like it's like these wounds that I've had from growing up in this society that like wanted less of me or like had an idea of who what I should be that was way smaller than what I was, you know? And like realizing that pain, like that's very fresh, you know what I mean? And being able to yell about it is very cathartic. But being able to like yell about it and have someone hear it and be like, oh my God, I'm not the only person that thinks that way, like that's important. Like, and we need to, like the more that we share our stories and words like that, the more other people who have the same thoughts feel entitled to them. Because, you know what I mean? And it's just about making that available, like making that power available. Yeah, I think you definitely accomplished that with all the songs on the record, frankly. Um, which was your favorite one to like write and record? I mean, okay, Big Old Dicks will always have a special place in my heart because Big Old Dicks was made kind of like as I like, Blair used to just sing like, she used to just do like a warm up and just be like, big old dicks in a big old house. What, and it was just I like, love it. <laughs> I know, because right, she's like a drummer on board. Big I'm old so dicks. tired. I, was just like, okay, I, actually used, I actually once bought a tuner pedal because I was so fucking tired of having stuff playing. It's just broken. I gave it to Stefania. It's another baron. But uh, uh, anyway. Like, but yeah. It used to be this thing. I just like used to play like a And it was like, we're going to make a song out of this. Like, we got to. <laughs> yeah. I'm so a little driving beat and I'd whisper things. Yeah, and I started doing like the Les Claypool like bendy thing, you know, and yeah. it was just like, it was like a dumb song. Actually, the first show we played, that song was not even a real thing, but we like started sound the show with too. sound. Yeah. It was dumb because it was like not ready at all, but <laughs> we loved it so much we wanted to play it. And now I think it is like, it's one of my favorite songs. Like, I don't I know. I think it. it's, it's it, it definitely, definitely gets me hype because it's so, it's so fucking sassy. Like, you know, it's like, it's. It's, I feel like it just so feels so good to yell that at a club. Like, oh, everyone thinks they know more about my guitar. Like, I'm yeah. like, everybody thinks they know more about live sound. Like, you know what I mean? And it's just like calling out everyone in that room who's like thinking less of us right now because they're looking at what we look like and think that we can't bring it. And we're, and we're still going to bring it. And we're going to be trash lords about it. Other than that, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> fucking, I just cannot. I love to play that mm. song. Um, the song. I just cannot. So it might have sounded like I was just saying. Um, <laughs> all of our songs are like basically declarations. So it's yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> I like it straightforward. Like a statement. You know what we think. No questions asked. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. I mean, I felt that way about like, don't touch people. That's pretty straightforward. Do not fuck around with that. It's crystal yeah. clear. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that one came straight out, you know, like. With the, with the new presidency stuff. It was just like, why do we, why do we keep having to negotiate our physical space? Like, why did I, you know, do that my entire life? And why didn't I like tell people about the things that happened to me? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it's so weird. It's, it's like this weird silence that we, I always think about like how my mom was just like, oh, just look away. Like, you know, like, oh, don't let that, that guy's being weird. Just look away. Like, that's really like, that was all the tools I was given. And it really pisses me off. And then it's like, well, let's make it really fucking easy then. Like, don't touch people. How about that? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> don't touch people. Like, tell the fucking president, don't touch people. You know what I mean? Like, what do we got to do? Like, it's so basic. 
I wrote, think. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wrote this whole piece today that got released with the Don't Touch People single today. Yeah. You know, people assume with women, you know, that they can occupy our space. Like, no one would ever go up to John Cena and, like, put their hand on his back and think that's not weird. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And, and that happens to us all the time. You know what I mean? Like, at work, anywhere. Like, and it's just like, why do you think that you're allowed to occupy this space? Like, you know what I mean? It's because you think it's, it's, I think it's possessive. You know what I mean? It's dumb. It's dominating. Like, it's not good. It's a power thing. And that's not okay. You know? That definitely makes it one of my favorite songs to play, though. Like, Don't Touch People? I, th- I think Don't, Don't Touch People and Ju- I Just Cannot are the two songs that I think while we're playing them, I'm the most aware of the words as they're happening. And I, like, especially in I Just Cannot, like, every word that Erica says, I literally, like, feel it while I'm playing drums like I'm like reacting like that that, when I was talking about reacting earlier I think that's like that song like is pretty exemplary of like that just like you just hear it she's fucking screaming it she feels she never not feels it when we're fucking playing that shit she's screaming out about it and it's just like raw and like lower songs are like more like uh yeah, I don't know. they're not as uh, slow-ish, but like slower yeah. songs. Um, but like I really do. They're not as choppy. They're not as punky. But like, I don't know. They just hit hard, and I, like they're really fucking fun for me to play. Oh, I'm sure. Do you feel like you um at times feel emotionally fueled with these songs while you're drumming? Because I know that a lot can go into drumming in itself, and like <laughs> what you put in the physicality to it and stuff. Definitely. I mean, like, those two songs, I think, are, like, uh, the earmarks of that uh, sort of idea for me, because I guess I have more time to process them with, like, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, big old dicks. I mean, I I feel it's, that one's kind of in the middle, because it's, like, on the toms. I really, that's, like, my style. It's very swingy. Uh, So I kind of can lock into that really well, and then we do a halftime part in the middle of it, so it's fun. But, like, the other ones, I'm just, like, at least live, I'm just fucking, I'm just keeping through that, like, it, it's, uh, when, when you're doing, like, a 30-minute set, like, a lot of the songs are 160 beats per minute or higher, like, you know, you're just kind of, like, keeping the, like, like, working with rebounds and keeping the momentum such that you're going at a constant rate and, like, feeling it and, like, moving at the right time and not coming back out of the fill, fucking up the rhythm and, like, throwing Erica off. So, like, I'm kind of more of a machine, like, or try oh, to yeah. think of myself more as a machine during a lot of the other songs. Um, uh, we do some covers lately where I'm, like, I kind of, like, have been bridging that gap, I think. We covered uh, Let the Bodies Hit the f- or Bodies, rather, by Drowning Pool, a classic. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> uh, we're covering a different song now, but I definitely fucking felt that one. I'll tell you that. Like, that one's a fun one to play. Like, Drowning Pool had something right. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, like, uh, as a drummer, I'm, I feel like I'm kind of, unless I get to, like, one off a lot of these songs, I'm definitely kind of pushing through, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> tough set. It's a tough set to play. Like, all the songs are fast you know, and, like, that was, like, for us, we'd have, like, endurance practices, but it's, like, these practices where, like, we're fucking around and writing and, like, you know, but then we have practices where we run the set, you know, so we got used to, like, how demanding it is physically to do it all in a row. My favorite song, no matter how fucking tired I am, it's not on the new, uh, tape, it's, but it's, uh, it's called Your Asian Fetish is Racist, and, Mm -hmm. It like I, Erica wrote. Do you like that song? Yeah, I fucking love that okay, song. Good. Like Eric, I guess we can't. <laughs> well, well, a lot of our newer song. songs are a little bit more co-written. Like a lot of the uh, a lot of fresh cut. Uh, Erica wrote the songs on like like on guitar vocals and then found drum beats. I guess on Bandcamp and maybe edited them. And so I retrofitted them to my style. Um, and those are products of that, which actually helped me a lot. It was cool to hear some weird drum beat off Bandcamp or, uh... It's Logic, actually. Logic. Logic. Logic's what I use, but I mean, <laughs> it's okay. No, we don't, we don't need I'm that. a lowly person. Okay. Me. <laughs> you know me. I, I have stock control player, uh, Stock bitch player, but, um... Anyway. <laughs> uh, but I learned a lot from that, but anyway, like, um, like, uh, a lot of the new songs, like Asian Fetish and, um, what else? Keep it coming and things like that. Uh, we've been co-writing and uh, 
like she's come in like here's a vague idea I have I have no I have no like example for you like here's what I wrote on guitar vocals and Asian fetish was one of those and it's faster and like kind of fun but I don't know if we should I guess it was like I, I guess it was music before vocals or lyrics came I don't know yeah don't we've, all right, like since since uh, all the so there's a couple that we're still writing yeah <laughs> Big Old Dicks was definitely, Big Old Dicks is the only one that we really, on Fresh Cut that we really wrote. Yeah. Cover? Cover? Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, Fresh Cuts is such a great record. I'm so excited for more and more people to get exposed to it on the 25th of January. Uh, what is something that you want your listeners to get out of the record? Ooh, I hope that they feel strong after they listen to it. I hope that they feel strong and that they're entitled to their space and they can say what they want. They can leave when they want. You know what I mean? And they don't have yeah. to do anything they don't want to do. That's what I want to get out of it. Because, like, me before that was, like, doing all that, you know? Like, and I just feeling entitled to your own time and space. And then what you can do with that empowerment. Like, I really do believe, like, it's about empowering everyone. You know what I mean? And, like, we're all going to benefit from people feeling stronger and more like entitled to themselves. Cause that's like beautiful. Like we don't gain anything from diminishing people, you know? And like, I'm trying to do the shortcuts that I found are what I'm yelling on this record. And mm. that can help people find shortcuts of their own and feel strong by it. Like for it, like that's everything. That is everything to me. Yeah. I love that. And I definitely felt that way listening to this record. I felt empowered and like acknowledged for experiences that I've had and that others have had. So that's awesome that you're able to do that with your music. Cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so you mentioned some bands that you play with in North Carolina and stuff. Uh, what is the scene for you like up there? I have friends that play in different bands and I've heard nothing but good things, but how, how's the scene treat you? I mean, we love it, right? We love it. I, I fucking love it. It's wonderful. It's we have new friends who are like, it's better than Austin. I was like, really? I'm. I mean, I moved here from like you know the like I was really I was pretty active in like the Baltimore scene before I moved down here and played in a couple bands that were like would play throughout Baltimore and DC and I always felt like you had to know ten thousand people to find a show anywhere. I mean, and I, I'm sure it feels like that everywhere. It feels like that here, like if you haven't it before, but like. I started like bands like Bangs and like another band called Time that I'm in. Um, we had barely been a band for like a few weeks before we got like offers for like, oh, I heard you started a band. Do you want to like open for this? Blah blah blah. It's just like people give a shit here, and like maybe it's like a small town mixed with like an active tri city vibe. I don't know, but it's there's, people it, want it. There's, there's some visibility. People care. People want it. Yeah, basically, like people give half of the shit which is super cool um and like people don't want to see the same thing over and over I felt like where I moved from like people kind of did they were down with that and like around here they were like no I want to see different things I want to collaborate with different things and it's, it's I don't know I feel driven all the fucking time it, I, I thought I was going to move to the south you know I was barely in the north but like I felt like I was going to move to the south and it's going to be stagnant like small town vibes like middle of nowhere like fucking opposite like I've never been more active I, I love it around here that's so awesome to hear yeah I just hear so many positive things from different friends like uh your label self-aware with Josh and Sarah they are so badass and I just love hearing about the ways that people work together in your scene to like make new bands or like try out new venues or like just the just the amount of bands that just exist in North Carolina is just amazing to me yeah yeah, it's always been somewhat, somewhat of a big scene here in, like, Chapel Hill, Durham, Raleigh, but now it's just, like, really growing, and, like, we have bands in all those mm -hmm. cities that are, like, putting work into their cities and making it cooler, you know? That's another thing. you got to be willing to do that, and I think everyone cares a lot about the scene. And, I mean, that's what attracted, at least personally, that's what attracted me to self-aware when we were, like, chicken, where mm -hmm. we were, like, looking at, like, who we even wanted to, like, you know, send our tape to. It's like, hey, like, I mean, I, like, Naked Naps a, a, from Raleigh, like, mm -hmm. you know, self-aware yeah. and uh I, I love them katie's a fucking dope like one of my great really guitarists good, great guitarist and a good friend of ours yeah and, uh i i mean i remember like going to katie's release uh, like the most recent recent naked naps release at kings and raleigh and like both of both um everybody from self-aware fucking showed up like sarah and josh showed up 
and uh, sold like their merch and it was like night. I don't know. It was just like it was great. It was like this is serious. Everybody gives a shit, but also everybody's happy to fucking be here and like that's what makes me happy to be doing this at all. You know, is that exact feeling? It's like this is like we care about it, but we're also just enjoying it and it means something to all of us for whatever reason, respectively, and we enjoy that together and it's yeah. That's awesome. Well, especially that you have that community and that you feel like you can grow your platform because of it. Yeah. I love that. Well, I always like to ask my guests a really fun question toward the end of an interview. And it's, it's this, if you could play with any three, they could be bands or artists, um, they could be currently active or bring them back from the dead. Okay. I'll let you each pick three. Who would they be? Okay, can I want to say the first thing that came to my mind? I want St. Vincent to be like, Erica, I want you to have this guitar. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's where I am right now. Like, if St. Vincent came up to me and was like, yo, I want you to have this guitar, I'd be like, cool. Because she makes some pretty cool guitars right now. And, like, I've held some of them, and they're, like, really cute. And I don't have, like, disposable income right now. But, like, also, I would want her to be like, yo, you should have this. And I'd be like, this St. Vincent. Thank you, Annie. Okay. <laughs> oh God, I don't even know. You don't even this know. It's hard for me. Like, I don't, this is so dumb and cliche and like whatever. But like, <laughs> growing up, my fucking I, I I don't I don't like current him or his projects. But growing up, my fucking favorite shit was the White Stripes. Oh yeah. So I would love to play with like 2001 <laughs> White Stripes. Like, like and time travel. That's perfect. Okay, you said dead or alive. I felt like we could bend the rules. So, like, let's say like 2001 <laughs> to 2004 white stripes. I'm in. I'm in. We're doing three of these. Yes. Uh, three each or three total. You can do three each. I'll, I'll, I'll allow that. But we'll I mean, I have, we'll give more. you what we got. Okay. I think that well, if they're dead or alive, I think I we would have had a lot of fun with Janis Joplin. I think we would have. Yes. We would have. We would have had a lot of fun. We would have just been like, yeah, fuck everybody else. Like, let's go have fun. Like, you know. <laughs> Fuck everybody. I think it'd be fun. I think I think she'd be a really good time. Mm -hmm. And I think that she would like us too. I think so. Yeah, that's totally real. <laughs> <laughs> also also like I just I, I would just love to meet John Prime and feel his hands. Oh. Is that weird? Okay. Like I, <laughs> he's no. such a like, sweet man. Don't touch him. I don't know. He might need like I don't know. He's he's very old. He's, he's like delicate, you know. But he's fucking killer. That's all I gotta say. So like, okay. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Oh. <laughs> okay. So get consent to to touch his hand. Okay. Yeah. yeah I mean, of course. I, that's why I said I would I love, love like, to yeah. you know a dream, and now he knows. He, okay. Obviously. <laughs> John Prine. Yeah. John Prine did say revenge is like good for songwriting in that in that video we were watching the other day i think about that a lot like you know fresh cut is definitely a revenge record you know i love it but it's i mean he was right so <laughs> right john we know john prine you're great i mean that's songwriter. true i i'm you're i mean right. i uh i used to outline um an enemy at every show i stopped doing that because <laughs> it wasn't great but like there was a little i've never told anybody but eric that no, so right. in like close <laughs> But like, it used to help me. Like at a point in my life, I used to like go to a show. I'd be like, "Who is my adversary? Who am I? Who's my enemy? It's you, and I'm gonna be better than you tonight." And like maybe they didn't even play the drums. They probably didn't. Once or twice, it might have been a bartender. And, like, <laughs> you fucking fuck every hit. You like when you start to get tired. Like no, I'm gonna beat the shit out of them. And like. It's gotten me some places. Like sometimes I do the sound tech. Come on. <laughs> sometimes I think about that in the middle of a really hard song. Like who do I want to beat? Like like maybe in just life. And like it's you. All right, cool. I'm gonna fucking kill this. It's always some douche nugget in my head. I'm just like. You're so it's probably easy if there's like a misogynist who's like your sound tech or like bouncer or whatever that night, huh? Oh yeah. It's oh, like okay. easy. There's my adversary for the night. Ah. <laughs> uh. Uh, yeah. Everyone needs an adversary. Write that on my chest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Blair. <laughs> I'm a Scorpio. Blair. <laughs> Thank you. 
This is beautiful. Yeah, my adversary is anybody who doesn't smash the patriarchy, so. Oh, yeah. Right, that'll, that will let, that'll probably be on my tombstone. <laughs> Hell yeah. Or on your neck. I mean, a neck tattoo. Just, just, just add that right there. <laughs> Tattoos look so good. They do. Like, oh, they look so good. They do. Uh, we're both rubbing our blank necks. I know necks we are. Right we're now, like, by the way, <laughs> look at our blank necks. Don't neck tattoos look good? <laughs> oh my gosh, I love this so much. Ugh. So, <laughs> on, a, on, on a different note, and hey, maybe maybe neck neck tattoos on the list. But what are your goals for 2019? What do you want to do now that you're gonna have fresh cut out? I would like St. Vincent to give me a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Into it. Yeah, okay. In 2019. Well, we're going to talk about any. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. I need to get a second question. Before the last one. Love and it, I've been love dealing it. with more and that's trashy. Well, okay, but high key, like, we're about to do a 10-day tour. Mm. I want to do another tour and maybe another one after that. We want to tour um, as much as possible. Tour a bunch. I basically want to tour a bunch. Um, <laughs> I really want to try to start writing and recording something new this year. Again. Okay. Um, I'm trying to keep it on the up, uh, keep it on the up and up, keep the momentum going. Yeah. And, um, keep telling people that we don't need a base. Which is a thing that happens all Which the time. Which is a thing. We uh, that, we have a long of... list of people who have offered to play bass for us. Oh my gosh! I know a lot of bands that that's happened to actually. Uh, my yeah. friends and the Nervous Girls are adamant about never ever getting a basis. Yeah. <laughs> they are adamant. And it's great. And I love that they make a point to say that. They're like, hey, guys, particularly men, stop telling us that we need yes. a basis. Oh, it's always guys that tell you you need a basis, too, from what I'm hearing. Entitled to. And the girls that would actually make good basis don't feel entitled to say that. I do feel that. It's true. As a drummer, I get it. It's I, I it would be sometimes like I, I, I felt this way when we were mixing. I was like, Oh, it would be nice to be able to up this without upping this, but if we up this in me, it's gonna be too much, so we have to blah blah blah. Um, we'll figure that out along the way. Uh, but ultimately I wouldn't trade like a little bit more lower end for like what we're able to accomplish with a two piece and like and adding like somebody else to our yeah, it's like chemistry stuff. It's like, they gotta be really cool at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> That's the problem. It's like, they have to be really cool, and they gotta just fall in without us using any kind of human words. You know what I yeah. mean? It's mostly right. like, you know, us and like, oh, I'm gonna do it, Blair, go. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm really <laughs> moody. I'm so moody. <laughs> I know they know. No, no, no. This oh, is no. another this oh, one great. reason I really value Erica. I am so moody. I'm so moody. I'm an angry person. Angry. And my <laughs> Erica knows how to just like disengage. Like, okay, Blair's angry. She doesn't take it personally. <laughs> leaves me alone. Gets me in my space. And I come back and we don't even need to talk about it. Sometimes I'll say sorry. She's not like it. Blah, blah, blah. We don't need to talk about it. And so it's like, no. If we add somebody else to this, <laughs> this relationship's gonna crumble. The band's gonna break up. We need to keep it. They a have to be really cool, and they just don't. Yeah, exist. you need to deal with this, and this is maybe probably too much for you. So. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's that's beautiful. I think that you both sound completely full as a two piece. You do not need any other members. Thank you. That's right. And, and if if and if you add another member, it's by your choice and not because a man told you to. Oh hell yeah no. <laughs> No, no. If you're coming over to me, like, after my show, just to tell me what you think that my sound needs, like, go away. <laughs> you got nothing. No. Love it. Well, I'm excited for everybody here, Fresh Cut, to get out to the world. Um, where can everybody keep up with you both on the internet? Okay, so, like, we do have a Facebook page, but, like, Facebook's kind of, like, you know, kind of crappy lame, now and lame. lame and, like, bullshit. And they have an algorithm, so, like, even if we post shit there, like, you might not see it. Our Instagram is what's really hot right now. Even like, though it's owned by Facebook, we know. We know it's owned by Facebook, but the algorithm does not apply to Instagram, and we post more of our stuff and, like, our personal feelings, our secrets um, to Instagram. When I get drunk, I post so much shit on my Instagram. It's yeah. just it's an active story. It's basically bored, an ad for Roses. Yeah, it's basically, we love um, 
Rose is whiskey. I know, but they don't love us, which is weird, but you know, whatever. All right, literally, if if you want to, you can cut this out if you want, but like straight up, we have been to, literally the UK Four Roses follows my personal Instagram, yet Four Roses has not acknowledged all of our love for them. I have a Four Roses tattoo on my arm. Um, we drink four roses nothing. all the yeah, time. Nothing. No money. We tag for four them roses. in everything, and they don't even like our. <laughs> they don't even like uh-huh. our. They don't even like our music. Uh-huh. We don't Maybe they don't like on with them, and like, you know, I was born in Kentucky. Oh, I, I was born that. in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. I'm a Southern bit. So <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's how that works. Itch. Um, <laughs> <I don't laughs> <think laughs> Maybe like a like a, a racehorse. Don't worry. About it. Don't worry. About it. <laughs> Don't ask questions. Is this a bad interview? Are we doing Are we okay? Doing this right? Whatever. You're doing great. This is beautiful. Anyway, like basically, this is our Instagram, and uh, we we share a lot of our hearts. On- yeah, I think that's like the best place to keep up with us because like sometimes we'll forget to post a Facebook because no one fucking cares. And, like we understand that. Like my mom cares a lot. Blair's mom's coming to our release show. My mom's coming to our release show. That's so awesome. Yay for supportive parents. No. She's bringing her best friend. That's so wholesome. Serious, like, dancing. It's hot, hardcore dancing. Like, if, I don't know. I mean, you want to come? I think You want to throw some elbows? Like, we we don't need that. It's awesome. (laughs) You're coming to the Nervous Girl show, right? Yes. Yes. I'm going to do my best to make it out to that show. I need to see you live, and it would be sick to hang out. It'll be great. I'm so excited. Awesome. And- huh? What's that? And I said, and Piscos. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. So I'm friends with Piscos and the Nervous Girls, and I think you're going to adore them. I know. I'm so excited for that show. Like, that's kind of like a highlight of tour so far. Like, I think that's going to be a hot show. I love it. Awesome. Well, most of Florida will be hot. We have you know. five shows in Florida. We have a lot of shows in Florida. Thanks. I really Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I really wanted to go to the Everglades, too. I don't know. We'd have to get, like, a day off, but let's we'll just go to Orlando. You could probably take Alligator Alley to see parts of the Everglades on tour. That's what I'm thinking about. When I drive to St. Petersburg to Fort Lauderdale, is that what you're talking about? Yes. That's what I'm talking about. Can I bring yes. our dogs allowed? And And where? Into the Everglades. Is it a safe like in park? your car. Can I bring a dog? You can bring a dog. I just recommend being very careful if it's a small dog. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> I'll carry her. Um, <laughs> featuring Blair's dog. I'm really excited about that. Oh my gosh. Blair's dog in like a little wig that has like bangs on it. Perfect. It's the mascot for bangs. Oh, you as a dog person would appreciate this. Like Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Because we love them so much. That's, they're the reason, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> okay, can you erase everything we already said? All of our songs are actually inspired by our dogs. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, feminist pooches. That's my feminist awakening was my dog, honestly. <laughs> Why oh, can so- there be an unfixed male dog at the dog park? Oh, yet my female dog no. must be fixed. Everyone, well, what the fuck is that rule? Because your unfixed male dog is really aggressive, and I, I have a lot of feelings. I'm sorry. Of I could write a dissertation. We we also almost called our punk our, our style of music doggo punk. Doggo Remember when punk. I was like, let's describe ourselves as doggo punk. I love that. That's that that's beautiful and accurate. Pretty much what we are. We're like, dog punk. We would totally live in a van with dogs, and that's okay. That's the kind of people we are, and maybe you'll like our music. Dog fan. Dog fan. <laughs> oh my gosh. Dog dog. <laughs> what is a dog fan? A dog fan band out of Durham. Harbor, I like North it. Carolina. We'll change our Instagram tomorrow. Dog fan. I love it. Well, everybody, please go check out Bangs, the dog fan band on tour this this winter, and. Be sure that you grab your copy of Fresh Cut from Self-Aware Records ASAP. Thanks so much for joining. Thank you so much for having us.
you just heard bangs. Thank you so much to Erica and Blair for sharing their friendship and laughter and their love of dogs. I'm really excited for the upcoming tour, so be sure to check out their social media for other Southeast tour dates and grab a copy of Fresh Cut, now available everywhere through Self-Aware Records. That's it for this week, but you can always keep up with me online. Follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for regular updates. Subscribe and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, Overcast, and more. Want to tell me what you think of the podcast? Leave a review on any of the apps. I'd love to hear from you. I'm always booking guest spots, so hit me up at angergirlmusic at gmail.com. Whether you write and play music, run a blog, take photos, work in publicity, or book shows, this can be a space for you. Send me a link to your work, and let's chat. Until next week, stay angry, and tell your narrative. <laughs>